2: Hour number two. Before we get to it, I want to tell you about a big event going on this weekend, Saturday, at the Collierville Wing Guru. How about this? Triple J, baby. Oh, that's nice. Jaron
1: Jackson saw Jr. This.
2: He's going to be there? Woo. Yeah, we ain't just talking about the flavor. Y'all know about the Triple J sauce over at the Wing Guru. You got to get it. I'm talking about the real deal. Jaron Jackson Jr. going to be in the house 4 to 6 p.m. for a little meet and greet. You can get an autograph, you can get pictures with him. He's going to be there with our man Billy Richmond, the former Tiger basketball player turned wing guru king. He's taken over the nation, as evidenced by their latest openings in Houston. Our man Kantar Macklin, one of those, Jaron Jackson, Jr. You want to see him up close and personal and get some wings? You can't beat that on a Saturday. Again, out at Collierville, the Collierville Wing Guru location. You can't beat it. 4 to 6 p.m., don't forget. Get you a nice little autograph and get the November special. It's a 50 piece party wing for $49.99. It's always a party at the Wing Guru. Mm. Get you some. I All know right.
3: exactly where that location is, by the way. It's over by Byhalia at Poplar. I've been to it. And it's, doing well, I hear. It's killing it. Yeah, it's right there by the Auto Zone because my car broke down in that parking lot. So we went to eat it. Th- I swear, yeah, Stacy's battery went bad in that parking lot. So we went to that Wing Guru in Collierville, hit that Auto Zone, and ate it. At the Wing Guru. It made you feel a lot
2: better about it, your situation. It, it, it made us a lot. We got through it, right? We That's got our right. battery. We got out of there. It worked. I recommend the Nashville Hot, but you ain't going to go wrong with that without tri- with Triple J. Get the Triple J this weekend. When you see Billy Richmond, you tell him that Jason and John sent you out right, every day
4: around this time. We do the rundown. Let go. Now, it's The Rundown presented by ExploreSt.Louis.com. The biggest stories of the day from Jason and John on 929 FM ESPN. First story. Memphis Grizzlies, Memphis
2: Grizzlies, Memphis Grizzlies, Memphis Grizzlies, Memphis Grizzlies. Back at it tonight. We're getting a taste of those two straight losses to Utah out of our mouths. Hopefully it's going to be with a win tonight against the Portland Trail Blazers. Last I looked, Grizzlies were four-and-a-half point favorites tonight against the Trail Blazers team. That yes, is five-and-one, uh, but will be without Damian Lillard. That's a good thing for the Grizzlies. Interesting thing about Portland, uh, last year was a mess. We remember that. 11-41 and 41 against the Western Conference they were last year. I, I made note of that because if you look right now, they're already 5-0 and 0 versus the West this season. And it's not just dogs in the West, yes, though there might be one or two of them in there. It's Kings, Suns, Lakers, Nuggets, Rockets that they've knocked off. Ooh. So so a pretty good five some there, and already you're halfway to your complete win total for last year in the Western Conference. So this is a better Portland Trail Blazers team, obviously, than I think some of us thought it was going to be coming in the season. A lot of that was tied to how healthy is Damian Lillard gonna be. Well, he's been fantastic when he's been in there so far, averaging thirty one points over thirty five minutes. Subtract that tonight. Rest easy. That said, you know, you can't take anybody lightly. And Anthony Simons has had success against the Grizzlies before, and he's having a good year this year, at least this early season. He's their second-leading scorer at 20.5 points per game. Remember, they got Jeremy Grant, Yusuf Nurkic out there, uh, Josh Hart's averaging 10.5 and, what, nine nine rebounds for Josh Hart on the early season to go with his four assists. He always was a great rebounding Mm -hmm. guard, but good Lord, Uh, That almost looked wrong. It jumps off the page. Nine (laughs) rebounds for Josh Hart. Anyway, again, uh, a situation where you're coming off two straight losses to Utah. The good news for the Grizzlies right now – frankly, is the injury report. We've talked about it. It's essentially been a patchwork lineup for most of the season so far. Desmond Bain, uh, who missed last game with that ankle, listed as questionable tonight. So that is good news for the Memphis Grizzlies. The other part uh, about that good news was the fact that Brandon Clark is not on the injury report. Uh, He had a finger in the last game not being on the list. Uh, Certainly good news for Memphis. And hopefully you're going to have Steven Adams out there with the jaw soreness everything else he's listed as questionable. Hopefully that's a go for the Grizzlies. Uh, Latest power rankings? Grizzlies dropped down three spots to seven. Again, I'm in the same boat as Mark, and I've said as much all week long. I am not overly concerned. I actually, said it on, hey, how about this? A little cross promotion. On our podcast. Grind Season Ooh. Odyssey podcast with Congrats Anthony Sane. Po- Congrats on the launch this weekend. Thank by you very way. much. Number two episode is out today. Nice. We got that done last night, and you can hear some of these thoughts certainly on that on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Just search for Grind Season. But back to the point, I was making the same point with Anthony Sane last night, is that uh, much like Mark not overly concerned at all about this this start uh, and defensively the fact that you ranked dead last we know that that's going to Hopefully look a lot different once you've got your pieces, namely Jaron Jackson back. Uh, But Tim McMahon does write of the Grizzlies' fall from 4 to 7 in the power rankings. How much does Memphis miss Jaron Jackson Jr.? Yeah, it's pretty obvious, buddy. Uh, Obviously recovering from foot foot surgery, here's what McMahon writes. The Grizzlies ranked dead last in defensive rating. I don't need to give you the number, but it's 119.5 points per 100 possessions. That's not good. Uh, Memphis had a 106 defensive rating with Jackson on the floor last season. Remember, uh, McMahon didn't have this, but the Grizzlies... The Grizzlies were sixth in defensive rating mm. last year. Uh, it, it, it might be a slow climb back up, and maybe you're not a top five. We mentioned this yesterday. Maybe you're not a top five, top, top six, top seven defensive team this year because you do lose some guys who helped you on that end with De'Anthony and Kyle Anderson to the point that Giannato was making. Yep. But as long as they're top 15, top 12 with where this offense is, with how efficient it's been, especially the guards up top, uh, Morant and Bain when they've been in there, uh, with that offensive improvement, if that defense can get to, again, 10, 11, 12, I'd be fine enough with that. I still think they've got plans to be higher. So hopefully, uh, again, I don't know how much better you're going to get defensively tonight with still no Jaron Jackson. Hopefully he's back on the way soon. Uh, stop Anthony Simons would be uh, my suggestion, and I got just the guy in Dylan Brooks. They Make it uncomfortable for him. They are villain.
3: begging you to, to bet this game. Bet QL. You heard it in that little update earlier. They have this as a five-star bet. Eight-and-a-half favorite is what their predictor is. So it's a four-point difference from the line. Taylor Jenkins, 25-9 and off of road losses by 10 points or more while coaching the Memphis Grizzlies. Ooh. So this man likes a vengeance. I like that stuff. He likes coming back. The other thing about the defense, I was looking at the teams they've played. They played the Nets and the Dallas Mavericks. They split those two games. One of them was a blowout that the Mavericks got them. And then they, of course, had four 30-plus-point scorers in that Nets game. So that rating is a little skewed, given that we've only had what what
2: seven games. Seven games. So the the number is it's skewed uh, by the teams a little bit. I there. looked at it last night. I think it's a they've given up 120 or more in five of the seven. Yeah, you, you know that's you, not it, good. If, but, if you weren't coming off a year where you were number six defensively, yeah. right, and you you see yeah. what a difference Jaron Jackson, first team All Defense in the NBA, made. If you weren't coming off that year, and you then I'd look at it and say, well, how in the world do you fix this? That's it. This is not especially on the defensive end, Grizzlies basketball, check back in with me once Jaron Jackson's in the fold. Like I said, yes, I'd be a lot more concerned if we didn't have the good feelings, the good vibes about Jaron. I think he's gonna be back before Thanksgiving. It that feels sounded like to me, the, I know. The Mark vibe said feels that Thanksgiving way. to Christmas. Yeah. I, I'm hoping yeah. it's this month. It feels and that hopefully, way. And uh, yeah, yeah, uh, definitely, and definitely mm-hmm. by Christmas. Yeah. Uh, when the Grizzlies are on national TV. So again, Memphis Grizzlies back in action tonight. Uh, that is a 9 p.m. tip. Oof. You can hear it right here on 92.9 pregame with Gary Darby. Correct it. at 8:30. Got it. Uh, Eric Hasseltine, the great Eric. Castle time on the call at 9 p.m.
3: Next story. World Series last night. It was a home run derby in Philadelphia, Jason. Five home runs in five innings. The home run derby with the Phillies winning the game 7 to nothing, taking a 2-1 lead now in the World Series. This is the footage of Bryce Harper leading off uh, in the first, a little later in the first, with his first home run of the five. McCullers to Harper. Yeah. It's t- Lightning strikes. Two nothing. Bills. Yes, they let that thing roll on live TV for 20 seconds with the crowd just roaring. And I love it, it. It registered at Penn State on their seismograph. That's how loud Philadelphia Holy got. Holy cow. There are now two cracks in the Liberty Bowl after that thing, theoretically, because it was a <laughs> wild night in Philadelphia with some drunk-ass Philadelphia Phillies fans. If you've ever been to Philadelphia, you know the vibe. They had a prison in the vet at one point because there were so many arrests due to alcohol, probably. They continue that at the <laughs> link. Philadelphia fans, they love sports, and they are up 2-1. to one. Now, in the best-of-seven series, the Game 3 winner has gone on to win the series almost 70% of the time, 69%. They have two more in Philadelphia, uh, and there were, of course, the four after him from Alec Bohm. You had the Brandon Marsh one. You had Kyle Schwarber teeing off. You had Reese Hoskins teeing Schwarber. off. Reese Hos- Hoskins' wife was buying beer for fans in the aisles in Philadelphia after the Reese Hoskins home run, that's how big of a party this thing was in Philadelphia. Now, this is the thing they wow. were talking about last night, and I don't. I want to get your thoughts on this. Lance McCuller, did you watch the, the footage of him pitching at, at all, even a replay or something like that? They think he was tipping, tipping his off. pitches. I, I've
2: seen the headlines so far what, and sort of the answers.
3: As novice baseball fans, you and I, what I didn't. You know, I am not that astute when it comes to studying a picture, but there's now videos of this floating around there from John Boy and some of these well, websites. I haven't, I,
0: I, I,
2: I haven't seen the video,
3: so I feel like I can't weigh in fully here. But. He might have been tipping his pitches. Two things that are noticed. One is the leg kick is higher and the glove is higher on the delivery from mm-hmm. the curveballs that most of these guys teed off on. He was throwing off-speed pitches and curveballs, which he's known for he he couldn't locate the fastball as well so he was going to that pitch and they just were launching balls off of him. McCullers says he was not tipping pitches. He said they just Yeah, I saw him. his denial. Yeah, I, he was trying to blow it off saying this this is BS. I just got beat. So I I don't know. They're in a bad spot now because you got two now in Philly. They're not even serving food to the Philly, to the Astros in that town. The, if they've called in orders, they're not delivering their food. What? So this was they got off the bus and they were flipping the middle finger coming off the bus because apparently, like the delivery service people in Philly aren't even bringing food to the Astros hotel to give <laughs> them food. So we're gonna starve them too. Absolutely, this town, man, is nuts. They are crazy. I lived around there in South Jersey. They're just—it's a different breed, man. Do, do uh, they, let me, do they yeah. deserve
2: it? Do they, for the rap, the no, Philly rap, or the, the Astros, Philly fans? The Eagles are do absolutely they deserve to rolling. Get this? You're gonna. Free, you're gonna free, I know I can't hold it against no, I think them. It's this Phillies team's gotten hot at the right time. I I, I respect all of that. But what I mean Philly fans, I mean they threw they once threw snowballs at like Santa. You know what I'm saying? Well, they do, just, Michael Irvin's getting carted off the field. They 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 boot they they no, they che- they, are, they cheered in that instance. Like do they all this success that they're? Yes, I'm yeah. jealous. But the fans my are ruthless. Gosh. The fans are ruthless. I'll ask you this: Do the Astros deserve it more, or do the Philadelphia Phillies deserve it more? I think the Phillies deserve this. Probably so if you're looking at it from an organizational standpoint. We know about the cheating scandal, and everything else. I just separate Dusty from that yes. because, again, part of getting through that cheating scandal or getting past it, I should say, was bringing on, we've talked about this, uh, baseball man and Dusty yeah. Baker. And so, in that, I was pulling for Dusty, obviously. I was too. And still am pulling for Dusty. That said, in terms of organizationally, mm-hmm. no, nah, you're probably still rooting for the Phillies. That, uh, that Still, they're absolutely spoiled with riches right now. It is crazy. I mean, their football team's undefeated. Yes. Their baseball team's in the freaking World Series, and it feels like the basketball team, James Harden, is back. Yes. And it feels like they were leveling out. Last I looked, they had won three out of their last four. I know people have been tough on Embiid and his shape early on, but they, they, they're blessed right now in terms of their professional sports. Like, let one thing be success. You don't need all three going at the same time. The thing is, the
3: biggest surprise is the football team, not the baseball team. The baseball team was supposed to be
2: good. They're paying these players. This I is heard, one of the top three teams here. I, heard, I think Jeffrey Wright said the second highest payroll in the league, in the, in which the, I did not yeah. realize yes. uh, until, he, until he mentioned that this one.
3: And they might have got so, a deal so, with Harper because they paid him, remember, a few years ago, and he got that $300 million So they clearly
2: underachieved yeah. in the regular season. This was always a good baseball team that yes. was capable of this. That said... My gosh! I mean, it's been it's been a Cinderella run still for Clearly. who they've gone through so far. It's not done. No, I would never count out the Astros, but sitting two one up. And tonight it's back in Philly, right? I mean, yes. they got all the advantages.
3: So here's tonight's lineup: seven o'clock on Fox. By the way, it's in that 4K. Do you have a 4K TV? By the way,
2: uh, it, I think so. I've if,
3: if you of hit the OK now, button it's, it's when old. you go to the the channel and you hit OK, if it offers HD, I gotta tell you, and my wife pointed this out to me, you can see the freckles on the chin. Honestly, oh, I'm it not is technologically
2: ridiculous. savvy enough to to have. It's in 4K. This. Okay, it's so. beautiful.
3: Tonight, Aaron Nola goes for Philly, and he's really had a brilliant postseason, really playing well. Christian uh, Javier, is that it for mm-hmm. Houston? Javier. 1.35 ERA up for 6.5 uh, postseason innings. So 6.2 out of, uh, uh, you know, so that should be a big game tonight, and I think the winner is taken all tonight because you'd already be up 3-1 if you're the, uh, the Phillies. According to you, though, you are now an Astros fan, it sounds well, like. Well,
2: i again, pulling for Dusty uh, looks bad for us right now. Yeah. Dusty again, has not won a World Series as a manager. He's got some extra toothpicks. He brought extra toothpicks to uh, these games because these are extra dicey, you know. Now, now, Dusty will tell you he does look at the analytics, but in the, because oh. he's, not, he's not some old fogey that can't look at the stuff, but in the end, He's gonna go off that gut, baby. He's gonna a- go off the field like the old great managers always. And then what he's gonna do? He gonna burn up some arms like Mark Pryor and Kerry you Wood. You know the, he's man. Gonna- he would just keep no. Him, he does pull him, <laughs> pull him, Dusty. No, he's, get gonna, him out of he's gonna wear him out. He just get and him I guess he left there. McCullers in, in too long, too damn long. As I say, about- it's <laughs> the old Dusty thing, man. He leaves
3: them in too long. Here's the thing: after about the second or the third one, you don't need to get to the fifth one, Dusty. Go ahead and
2: pull his ass, and that's sure. Well, he's what like happened. I guess historically McCullers never seen anything like this. He's like my guy's gonna get right there's no way they're going to continue to bomb. This off. has never at happened. Some point, at some point, your gut should have told you they had his number, and maybe he was tipping his pitches. I don't know. Are we are we buying McCuller's denial? I there? don't buy the denial. I think there might have been something too. All bad. Right. World Series continues tonight, right? Yep, seven o'clock on Fox. Next story. All right, Vols fans, you've been waiting on it. It's been a party up there for a while, heading not it, up in Knoxville? It's football time in Tennessee, Jason. I, I tip my cap to it. Some people want to hate on it and everything Your else. Your
3: partner wants to hate it. He won't even set his daughter there if she get a full yeah, scholarship, it's kind of,
2: which is kind of crazy. Because if she, if you offer a free scholarship to Tennessee you be, and she's got nothing else, I bet you you taking that. I thing. think you you'd take be the an full absolute fool not to take it. Uh, John Martin out today with non COVID illness. Maybe one day we'll see Maybe the light when connected it comes to, to Tennessee. The Tennessee ranking. Perhaps it is. He's sick. Perhaps it is. They are number one and they earned it. Uh, with everything they've done this season. Obviously, they've got the best win in football over Alabama. Five ranked yeah. opponents. They're number one in the initial top 25 college football playoff rankings that came out last night. It's the first time in program history, as you know, been down for a while. Yeah. As you know, uh, first time program history, they've cracked the top four. Uh, number two was Ohio State. Number three was Georgia. Number four was Clemson. I didn't ask Mark about his Wolverines. They are number five. There you go. One loss. Alabama is number six ahead of <laughs> – Oh, some mad frogs. The uh, undefeated TCU uh, 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 Horned Frogs are number seven. They're mad because they've got the third toughest strength of schedule, Brad, and they're behind a one-loss Alabama team. But I got got three letters for you, TCU. What is it? S-E-C you always going to get that vote. You you can be as mad as you want. And and I really – I brought this up yesterday. I like the TCU story. It's great. I hope you stay undefeated, change everything about the college football playoff. Go ahead and get in. But let's be real, too. I I can't be – I'm not going to sit up here and be mad – on the first of six college football playoff rankings, it's the first one. I'm not going to be mad for TCU. What matters is the last one Let who gets left TCU. out at the end. TCU will have its chance, right? This feels like Cincinnati last year to start. Mm. Oh man, they should. If they go undefeated, they should be. And what happens? Cincinnati right. ends up being there. I'm not going to get overly worried about about TCU and knowing darn well uh, there was no way they were going to put them. Ahead of a, a one-loss Alabama team, SEC. The thing I don't
3: like about the poll for the playoff is they set this up as a tee-off for what's to come. In other words, you, they sure sort they of they, yeah. there's position there's pre-positioning in this. They shouldn't do that. If you're taking it as this is a poll, make it a poll. Don't make it a talking about Ohio State's offense and well, you know it's going to sort itself out because Tennessee's playing Georgia. Don't call it a poll if you're going to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, in other words, if we feel that TCU is better than Alabama, but we're putting Alabama at six because if they run the table and lose the SEC championship, we want them to be in the four – I think that's BS, man. Like You're setting it that's up fair. as a trap door to TCU. If they run the table and Alabama is a one-loss team, wins the SEC championship and they're in, you've, you've set that up for that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that that's my whole beef with the, the way that they lay the system out. It feels like it's a – like Clemson. Let's take Clemson versus TCU for a second. I think TCU is better than Clemson. But if you put Clemson at seven, less likely of a chance they're going to make the four – Right, mm-hmm. because of their strength of schedule that's got they've got coming up in the AAC, in the ACC. So it's, it to me it feels like a little bit of a of a trapdoor. You don't need me to defend TCU. That's just why I don't like the poll. That's you know?
2: un- completely understandable and fair. Uh, in this situation. Heather Dennich did something kind of fun in the sense that we're all waiting, we can't wait for the twelve team playoff. And we've talked about Memphis yeah. maybe having a chance in that world mm-hmm. where you come out as the Americans' best team. Um obviously she did it with how the teams are seated right now. A twelve team playoff right now based on the first set of college football playoff rankings. Okay. Number one through four would obviously get buys. That would be Tennessee, mm-hmm. Ohio State Clemson, it's got TCU, then remaining seeds, Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, Oregon, USC, LSU, Ole Miss at 11, Tulane at 12 oh. as the rankings go. So your first-round games would be Mighty Tulane what? and the Green Wave at number 5, Georgia. I like that. I like that as a Memphis they fan. Would a yeah, they would get absolutely hammered. But back to your point. That's, that's fun. A po- that's There's fun. your chance that's because better. you can be Tulane. That's you better. can you can have what Tulane is having this season, even in a watered down AAC right. next year. Th- it will be your shot. Will you absolutely get mauled in your first? Yes, but you'll <laughs> be in the mix. Yeah. That's that's and and again, everybody's you know trying to get this thing uh, in place for 2024. So maybe we're we're only a couple of years out here, but yeah. uh, it would be uh, Ole Miss would take on Michigan uh, in in another first round game. LSU would be at Alabama. And then you'd had USC at Oregon. Um that is beautiful. It is great. I like it. Because if you get Tulane in that round robin tournament of twelve. There's your chance for, 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 for what for all we've said about what, what's what happens to Memphis when it's left behind outside the power five right and 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 again the the pickings in terms of you know one of these power 5 conferences picking you up by your bootstraps pulling you in they look slim right now so what's the alternative can you get up for mm-hmm. a league right that's going to lose UCF uh Houston Cincinnati can you still is is it still exciting to win that American Athletic Conference that looks a lot like an old CUSA well it it can be It can be exciting if you tell yourself, well, this is a year we're going to run the table in our conference and put ourselves in position to be top 12 in the rankings, to be Tulane this year. At least right now, that's where Tulane's at. You can tell yourself, there's our chance. And that gives you an amount of buzz, I think. That you need, frankly, around that program at a time where, again, right now the pickings look slim in terms of, uh, in terms of realignment. Well, and that's a team that's you. not
3: going to the Big 12, which is exciting for the- Memphis. You know, like you say, it's, it's actually hope for teams like you. There are two other well, things. Well, for as long as I keep Fritz, go ahead. Two things I want to ask you about. Biggest surprise of the top 10, would you say it's LSU? I mean LSU is six and two right now, and they're sitting there in the top ten in the playoff. I am I am pretty yeah, surprised. A, at that. a couple of
2: weeks ago, I gave Brian Kelly a respect burger because I didn't expect it to look this this good yeah. this early. I figured transition year; it's going to take him some time, but he's got their quarterback playing well, confidently. They weren't. I, I just did not foresee this in a, in, in a year. Hell, they. They might beat Alabama. They could beat Alabama. That's where maybe I was going with I'm Maybe. I'm not going I, I, I to rule it out. Just because of how undisciplined no. Alabama is. Now imagine right. Nick's been all over that. and You're <laughs> yeah. going to see a, a better effort than yeah. we've seen in some of these games, particularly that effort against Tennessee. But I wouldn't rule out Brian Kelly beating Alabama it doesn't this year. Feel unwinnable. That's not a dominant it, Alabama team this
3: year. After the Florida State game, I was like, boy, I don't know. It's going to be a long season. But like now, I'd go. You got a chance. You can win Dude, that it, game. You,
2: you know, I was talking about John Morant carrying a heavy load. It feels yeah. like that's what Bryce Young is doing. That he's doesn't just mean. carrying Alabama it's right good. now and every. Everybody else is just undisciplined and committing all kind of penalties.
3: The other point I was going to bring up is your boy John yesterday was in complete denial that Tennessee can lose and still be in the playoff, which that is wrong. No, by that's the way. wrong. Now he
2: it was weird because he changed his. At first it was Tennessee can't make the SEC championship game with a loss, we which know we that. agreed with. We know that, but right, exactly. That's no. It, it, but then he went to the yes college football playoff, which was kind of because it stand it, sta- yeah. it changed the the stance there. The take it there was change. different. But 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 to your point, to yes be clear, they can. To be clear, they can them.
3: In, in in the playoff. They certainly can, yeah. and in fact, it's happened before. The SEC is the only conference to ever have two playoff teams, which happened in eighteen and twenty-two when both Georgia and Alabama qualified. That means even a loss to the Bulldogs on Saturday yep. wouldn't ruin UT's playoff chances. That's straight from Axios. Well, and I,
2: I I just don't think TCU is going to go undefeated. Everybody keeps bringing up the scenario about what about them? What about Clemson? They no. go undefeated, uh, and then you've got Ohio State if they beat Michigan. So only one spot for SEC. I believe it when I see it. I believe that the SEC won't have two teams when I see it.
3: I'm a a complete green move. They're going to get two teams. Well, and it's clear that none of these other conferences are going to get two, is what I've sort of decided because you've got, you know, Big Ten is going to eliminate itself. Mm -hmm. It's only going to be Clemson out of that conference. It's only likely TCU out of that conference. I don't see anybody else doing it, do you? No. So this is probably where it's going unless it's, you know, a run the table situation in the Pac 12 with Oregon and USC. LSU would be interesting if they start just going on a roll of wins. I'm sure. not saying that's likely because you got Alabama, but that would be that would make it entertaining, I think, for
2: LSU fans. One more question on this for you, Brad. If we can get the college football playoff uh, in time for the 2024 season, I will ask you this: Is Ryan Silverfield the football coach?
3: 2024, no. no, he will
2: not be the coach. Now,
3: 2023, I think that's the that's where we're up in the air, right? But you get two seasons to try to get to 24. Listen, I, I can't disagree with you. And I think a lot of it is tied to something you and Mark just spoke about. Here's what I do. I have turned around on this. Because did you hear those attendance numbers? Yes, I did. But I've turned around on this because I'm trying to be positive, okay? Like a week ago, right after it was fresh from Tulane, I was really having a hard time, and everybody was roasting Ryan Silverfield. I've turned around on this. Hear me out on this. It's sort of like what we were talking about, winning sometimes cures everything. Like the cool thing about playing UCF this weekend, you don't have the quarterback starting for them. You're only in a four-point game, three-point game, according to the line. Go win that game. That does turn a lot.
2: Evan Barnes had the stat that Memphis has won eight of its last nine against ranked opponents at home. I like that stat a lot. Yeah, I mean, we could spin it real positive. If I could be you real positive that about game. the game.
3: I, I could make a uh, I can make a case if you're a booster or a fan and you love Ryan Silverfield, you really need to be there Saturday, come I, rain or shine.
2: A hundred percent. If you are still on yeah. board with it. yeah, you need to be I'm need, not saying that is like it's, some no, beat it's that the, important beat the book. A game. For I'm them. not
3: trying to do the whole Get get out there by t- That's not what
2: we're doing here. We've literally saying. seen the crowd make a difference. wasn't that uh wasn't yes. that Arkansas State? Where yes. they actually uh, made a difference. Yeah, there they had that at the those, end. At the 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 the, end it was with a, the penalties the, the folks couldn't hear. It's a tie game, and exactly. they come down on that final
3: thing. They get the turnover. Crowd's going nuts. You're in that. Oh, no, you're of the right. The, the, the
2: Silverfield folks that are that are right there in there with you them need them and, to be there, and, there Saturday. And if you're and praying to, that he keeps his job, if you're the
3: dude calling the radio station and yelling at your radio about everybody bitching about the people talking about Ryan, you need to be there. Yeah, unfortunately,
2: and the folks that use that Tennessee Georgia game is, oh well. no. No. It's going to be a lot like no no no, 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 no. This is this is separate from that. Hey, you, I mean, for those that are still Tennessee football fans, yes. that are Memphis fans, and I, Jeff's talked about this, I've talked about this. I think it's a select few. You can follow on on your ESPN yes. app or something yes. like that and keep that scores of that. Brian t- Silverfield needs you again. Yes. I, you know, doesn't sound like me and Brad are are particularly in the boat. No, but there are still some. Marks pointed that out. There are still some that are out there. Doesn't seem to be a huge appetite among the boosters right now. No, uh, to to get rid of Silverfield, He's still got some time to get this thing turned right. I, I mean, it's the reality of the situation, and a win against UCF would go a long way in doing that. You you can't afford to be paying all these buyouts, even if it's three million dollars.
3: You know, I I just think I was looking at that UCF Cincinnati game. I watched that one last weekend, and I thought those were two really good teams. But without that quarterback, man, and you're on your place. Plumlee. And And Mark pointed this out. I didn't realize UCF hadn't played that many road games. They got beat bad by
2: ECU like... I like the opportunity, man. Like, that's a good opportunity, right? Yeah, it's a, it's an important opportunity. You're right. It's a good one. It's a good it's, one. It's crucially important for Ryan Silverfield. Like I've said, there aren't many games afterward that are going to restore a lot of hope, even if you win them. A win over that's Tulsa right. doesn't make you all of a sudden believe, yeah, Ryan Silverfield's <laughs> right. going to do it next year. That doesn't do it. No. Neither will one over North Alabama. And I don't think, frankly, one on the road against SMU to end the season, if no. you're talking about still a 6-6 six and six or whatever it is, I don't think that's going to do it either. So, no. again, it starts here. And for the second straight outing, yes, you know, knocking one of these off will help restore some of that for Ryan Silverfield. Very important game, absolutely. Next story, yeah. Did you see the trade deadline stuff yesterday? What oh a my God. what in, uh, we, this was entertaining. Is it my turn or your turn? No, we I might can, have we can, skipped
3: you. No, go ahead, it, we can talk about it. Well, well, I've got
2: a list of stuff if you want to go through trade deadline. Yeah, uh, good. You can chime in uh, accordingly. Then, yeah, what I liked was the Packers didn't do anything. That's the first no. thing. Before we get to what the Dolphins did, uh, we've discussed what the Ravens did getting Roquan Smith. And this was one of the most active trade deadlines we've seen in recent history, according to Adam Schefter. He's absolutely right. Um, Packers did not make a move, but they tried it to. Trade mm-hmm. for Chase Claypool, the receiver that we got from the Pittsburgh Steelers. We know Aaron Rodgers needs help. That wide receiver core extremely banged up, and reportedly, the Packers offered the say, uh, second rounder uh, for uh, in, in this case for him. But in, in, in Pittsburgh, very smartly thought you know what bears record going to be worse so we'll take their second rounder instead because wow. they're going to finish they're going to finish worse and that pick's going to be pick. higher but back to the point green bay was trying to do something i love it because my bears sort of cut it off at the pass you keep aaron rodgers maybe from getting a weapon right now and a weapon going forward in that sense i like it for my bears too cuz you got a second rounder from baltimore in the roquan deal but back to the point a lot of people in green bay upset that you hit this trade deadline yeah. and nothing happened apparently they tried but my bears uh, outbid them in the sense they offered a second round that the that frankly the Steelers smartly believe will be a higher draft pick the 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 more news cuz certainly the bears getting claypool ain't going to change anything about the NFL this season what might though Is the Dolphins getting Bradley Chubb? Yeah. I think we mentioned this one as we were getting out yesterday. It broke. um, But uh, Dolphins get Bradley Chubb, a 2025 fifth round pick. Broncos, Bradley Chubb, the linebacker for the Broncos, get Chase Edmonds, a 2023 first rounder, and a 2024 fourth round pick. It's perfect for a Miami team that does not get sacks. Yeah. What I like is Miami's going all in. They're like, yeah. for like, we're like, they're like, forget the bills and all you guys that think it's uh, just give them the Super Bowl trophy right now. We think, and, and they have, they yeah. beat them this season. Miami's going all in and, and and addressing an area they extremely needed to. They're not a team that gets sacks, and Bradley, Bradley Chubb can come in and do that. Uh, I, they paid a significant price. Yes, they're going to sign him to a long term deal. Yes, they'll pay a lot for it, but I think it was very smart on their part because you look at that offense, yeah, with Tua and waddle and hill on the edges. They are tough to stop. Yes. Now, Raheem Mostert could be, uh, you know, he he could injure himself this weekend, be out for the season. That's just typically how Raheem Mostert seasons go. Yeah. And, of course, you traded Ch- Chase Edmonds, so you've lost a little bit of depth in that backfield. But it ain't about the run game for Miami. It's about that dynamic passing attack. And now you've improved your defense. Mm-hmm. You already feel like you can beat the Bills having knocked them off. I just love what Miami has done, and it really feels like in a year where this was about, remember, going into the year, Tua got to prove himself. They've gone out and gotten the weapons. Now Tua's got to prove himself. He's doing that. They're all when, in on it. When he is yeah. on the field yeah. and not getting concussed, <laughs> right. that offense is fantastic. So yeah. that, that that was one of the eye-openers yesterday. Jaguars, this was kind of kind of crazy because... Uh, Calvin Ridley was betting on the Falcons against the Jags, when he, and, and that's what cost him his season. He's suspended. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't he got, playing this he year. He got traded to the Jags. That's wild. Uh, yeah, conditional pick ranging from a second round to a sixth round that the Falcons are going to get for Calvin Ridley, the wide receiver who we'll mention, obviously, is out for the season uh, because of the gambling. Yep. Uh, we mentioned this, too. Vikings got T.J. Hawkinson from Detroit. I don't know what Detroit was thinking. Again, you're trading him to a divisional foe. The guy's going to absolutely kill you. Maybe this makes the, you know, you talk about an offense, we just mentioned the Dolphins. The Vikings with Jefferson, Thielen, and now Hawkinson in the seams. Yep, they're loaded. As long as Cousins doesn't screw it up, and listen, that's the name of the game. That's what he always ends up doing. Yep. But as long as he doesn't, uh, uh, you know, up until that playoff, you know, at NFC Championship or wherever he's going to blow it at, mm-hmm. that is a... Powerful. I, offense. I have not paid enough attention to Minnesota this year. They, they are real. They probably deserve more respect than they've, they've earned this right year. Now. Yeah, you can go through that schedule and say, well, what have they really done? That's and again, you've got a, a 7-0, seven and zero and Philadelphia Eagles team, and so you know they've gotten a lot of the hype and attention. Yeah. But I, I tell you what, I cannot. You know, as a Minnesota hater, hand raised Green Bay Minnesota hater, uh, Bears guy here. Uh, adding Hawkinson to what they've already got, that's pretty That's pretty I, I damn think good. That is the death nail. They I got think, an A on the trade, by the way, from uh, CBS Sports. I, I would assume and so. And a D-plus for the Lions, yeah, rightfully this so. This is
3: a death nail for Dan Campbell. They trade within the
2: division, too. Yeah, they're, it feels like they're giving up on him. Like uh, now they're, they're totally trading up that. pieces. They yeah. should be better. They should have been at least contending for a playoff spot. That that Detroit team has been awful, and uh, yesterday they were obviously trading off pieces. Bills, too, we mentioned them. They got uh, more depth at running back, Naheem, Naheem Hines. Hines. Yeah. yeah, got him for uh, Colts, got Zach Moss back, and a 2023 conditional sixth-round pick. I'll bet you we see Naheem Hines scoring touchdowns in the playoffs. Yeah. But Bills are so complete. <laughs> They're so good. Uh, Best quarterback in the league. Now, one of the better running backs. They're good. Yep. Don't Very forget. Good. And don't forget the, the closer, Von Miller, yeah, who they added the in the offseason. Yeah, and, we, and we've seen it yep. already in these regular season games from Buffalo. So yep. they get stronger. Feels like the rich got richer. Again, mentioned that my Bears traded Roquan Smith. That was earlier, but a a fantastic. NFL trade deadline that more resembled something we'd see out of the NBA, just in terms of the drama and some uh, real big league trades. Give me a grade
3: on your expectations for the season from the Bears, and uh, compared to hey, no, nobody want to hear my expectations I, listen, on the Bears. No, I'm bringing up the Bears because they made a trade. You got to be feeling pretty good about the Bears. They haven't. They've got like competent management right now. So,
2: so my dad, uh, who's in Belize, and there's a hurricane bearing down on him. Real talk, Hurricane Lisa. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Called me this morning not to tell me, son, pray for me, a hurricane's coming, but to say, son, I love the Chase Claypool deal. And we're going to talk to Les Smith from Belize at 1.30, so you'll... You'll hear the excitement. Uh, what, what I like, Brad, and, and listen, it sounds like we're going to have to pay him a lot of money to <laughs> yeah. keep him maybe $30 million or more. Yeah. I don't know if Chase Claypool's worth $30 million, but that's like the going rate these days oh. on guys who are number one receiver types. Yep. And so we could be looking at a monster contract from him uh, here down the line. Here's, here's what I like. You, you heard what we just said about Tua, Yep. right? And this was the year yeah. we were going to find out. Yeah. This starts the process for Fields about us finding out because when you give him more weapons now, and a guy, listen, I know, I know, many will say Chase Claypool yeah. a weapon. What is he? What's he done in Pittsburgh? Well, he had nine touchdowns his rookie season. Uh, he's got the third most. This was weird, and I bet you can tell I've been digging as a Bears fan. <laughs> third most tight window catches yeah. in the league this year. Chase Claypool, I would tell you, it's six four. What two thirty some pounds? Has had an unstable quarterback situation the last couple of years. Roethlisberger's arm yeah. dying, and then this year he's got you know Pickett and, and Trubisky. Mm-hmm. So it's not been a deal where you've gotten any continuity at quarterback. I'm you know I ain't telling you that that Chase Claypool comes to the Bears and does for them what Stephon Diggs did for Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. But what I can tell you is that you know we'll find out a little bit more about Fields you know and you got. and and here's the other thing. I've I mentioned it this week. Last two games you can see it. The Bears staff. Right, Eberflus, the staff, the offensive coordinator—they put together a better plan, better than anything I saw from that's Nagy great. in terms of adjusting your personnel. Yep. You know, more more quarterback runs, design QB runs. They're, they're adjusting to their personnel, and and so when I, like I told Mark, when I see coaches adjusting right to that, mm-hmm. that's that's what I have more confidence in them. It's when you're trying to do the same damn thing and it doesn't work because you don't have the personnel that I'm out on. You. Right. You get what I'm saying? So so in this sense too, Good. I'm hopeful for the Bears staff, and again, this is more about the future with Justin Fields. Certainly nothing this year. Next story. Let me get one in here for college basketball. This is going to be a two-part
3: story. First, the big story out of Kansas. Oh, yes, self-imposed, huh? From Jeff Goodman, breaking news. Kansas self-imposing a four-game suspension for Bill Self and Curtis Townsend, who's an assistant on staff. That will begin at the beginning of the season, according to Stadium. The program will also self-impose recruiting restrictions. By the way, they've had a bunch of restrictions all summer long. They haven't been out on the road. This has been since the tournament. Self will miss the championship classic versus Duke on November 15th. Norm Roberts will be the acting coach for him. So that's the deal. Okay. Four-game suspension and then return to the sidelines. Yeah, like for That's enough. Parrish said he'll be back for battle for Atlantis, and the Jayhawks will open against NC State. So he'll be there for the opener on November 23rd. Um, but it feels like, and they went the IARP way too, you know, like Memphis did. It does seem like, according to self-statement, he doesn't even care. Like, there, this is a blip on the radar for him.
2: You know, it's smart to do this when you when you when you self-impose. But again, with as out of control as things were, the you know, in, in terms of the investigation in the Kansas, like. It was out of it was Raging. loss of control type yeah. stuff. Adidas is, is the booster, by the way that their their shoe sponsor is how could tied you, in. How could you possibly feel like four games is enough? <laughs> it's not. like a self imposed penalty of four games is enough. That that it, it's not. No, and this and, is
3: different than Penny, where you have a high school relationship prior. This is like kids getting on campus and that. Now, that now which
2: games are you saying? That Paris said he's going to miss because, because real quick, I said what I read from Goodman was that he will miss the championships, the champions, and that Classic is the NC State versus game. Duke, yeah. versus Duke on November fifteenth. Okay, so he will miss that. I, I just want they, they think oh important game. This right. is where I'm coming at it from, Kansas. Hey, we'll suspend him for a quote unquote important game against Duke, Duke. and three others, mm-hmm. and that'll be enough to appease. Man, please, yeah. um, again, Kansas isn't expected to get the actual penalties this from Goodman obviously uh until after this season so again they've kicked uh, the they've kicked the like can Memphis. down yeah. the road enough yeah. That they can cash in, have a good season this year, miss self for four games, get him back, and not have anything come down on them. They can win the national championship this year. Whatever they're gonna do by the time this comes down, though, it better be heavy, man. I will say, for
3: Memphis, looking at this story where Kansas is trying to self-impose all this stuff to kind of skirt the NCAA a little bit, because we think it should be a, a better penalty than this. Memphis was right in that if you're gonna do what they did, they didn't really self—they didn't self-impose anything, right? They didn't self-impose anything.
2: No. No, but, but what you got to remember in this case, you know, Bill Self's acting head coach. You know, in these in these violations, everything else. What what that Memphis case was based on essentially was that uh, on on a time when Penny still wasn't coach. Remember right. the whole James uh, yeah, Wiseman yeah. thing. It was the it was 11 the high five, school stuff. like 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 yeah. the like they said yeah. afterwards. Like Bill Bill was in the seat, right? <laughs> <laughs> Penny's was before. But so yeah. so back to your to okay. your question. If you if you Memphis, you don't self impose anything because you feel like you hadn't done, done anything wrong in the first place, right. and you certainly haven't found anything mm-hmm. in terms of your investigation to put forward. So a little yeah. bit different in, in 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 that sense, Bill was—he's the sitting guy. He's the guy that's supposed to be in control at that time. Little more upbeat story on college basketball, and this is more of a positive story.
3: The SEC has announced their preseason team, much like the AAC did a couple of weeks ago. Now the uh, Southeast Conference did. A couple of notes: first of all, there are no Vanderbilt players on this because we're going really to open against Vanderbilt. Second thing was: here's the first team uh, all SEC: Javon Quinterly from Alabama, mm-hmm. Nick Smith, Arkansas, Colin Castleton, Florida. Uh, Kentucky has two players, Shebway and Wheeler. Smith, uh, and by the way, DJ Jeffrey's not on this list as a senior. He is nowhere to be found on this on first or second team. Uh, Tolu Smith, Kobe Brown from Mizzou, um, Vascovi from Tennessee, and then Tennessee has that Ziegler kid is also first team or second team. Uh, of note for Memphis fans, high school preps uh, out of the prep ranks, Matthew Morella, a second teamer. Hey! So Matthew is on this list as second teamer. Brandon Miller, Alabama, Wendell Green, Auburn, um, they've got a couple of players. Georgia has Acuendo, Williams from LSU, Morel from Ole Miss. As I said, uh, Jordan James from Tennessee and Coleman III from Texas A&M. But Morel is the the big name there from Memphis. I thought that was cool that he was listed
2: there. Cal McRae, I would have loved to seen him in a Tigers uniform. I said it then. I would have too. Penny decided to go elsewhere, and that and that was fine. Hell, hell at the time, he's going after guys that were are, are in the NBA now. Get it. But yeah. I always thought Matthew Morrell had a. Had a good shot at an NBA future. He's got the athleticism. Did you see him at their yes. uh, equivalent to he's madness? Just, he was shooting, uh, they were outside. Yeah. He's just doing oh, it. He, he is yeah. a knockdown. He he yeah. is a shooter. And this feels like the year they're going to fully empower him and let yeah. him just say, Go, go, go. You know, it's ta- it's taken a while. This is year three for him, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But uh he's on draft boards and everything else. And again, like I told you, he's already he's got the NBA athleticism and the knockdown shot. Yep. I bring up
3: D.J. Jeffries in that list because he's not on the list, either first or second team. If you would have told me four years ago that D.J. Jeffries is going to transfer to Mississippi State and he's not going to be an all-SEC player, I'd probably have thought you were crazy. Um, he's a starter for them, not a big scorer for them. They've got a new coach. I think he wanted to transfer was sort of the vibe we got and wasn't able to get a waiver, so he'll finish his career at Mississippi State. Are you surprised at how this has gone for D.J. Jeffries, or has it gone about how you thought it would go after he left Memphis? That's a great question.
2: Probably like I thought it would go. Yeah, you know, DJ, not overly athletic, right? And at, at that size, and and not—I it, mean, it's not like DJ couldn't go—you know—go dunk the ball, but but he doesn't have that quick to like we just talked about with Morel. Yeah. the quick twitch athleticism. The shot has not been consistent enough from the outside. Twenty-nine point three last year from three. Now I would tell you, I've seen DJ Jeffries look like an NBA player. You know, we, we mentioned this. When he's going against R.J. Barrett back on the circuit back in the day, like went head up with R.J. Barrett, who was yeah. in the league. That's, but, again, yeah. I go back, uh, and, and you're bringing this all back to me. It's all coming back. You didn't always get that, DJ, who was a beast. Yeah. Right? He was a beast against R.J. Because R.J. had all the rankings and everything else. And, and DJ was like, no, no, I'm about to show everybody, dude, I'm just as good as you. And, and for whatever reason, and, again, I – and, and some have said, no, man, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't compare. But I've always – it's a lot like Adonis. Like, you you were like, there's more there, and I need you to give it to me. Yes. But do, do I have to make you angry to get it? Do I have to – like, what do I have to do? It feels like there's more there. He's it, – it's they're, – they're different players – but it was the trying to get it out of him yep. that I remember so much about with Josh and Adonis that feels like it's similar with DJ. I think that's right? a great comparison. And again, yeah. when, dude, when he is motivated and everything, he can do everything on a basketball yes. court. Tall. but right. Yeah. And, and I've, I wrote about this for The Athletic, I think it was. When, when you got that beast, you had a player, but you didn't always get that guy. Yeah. I'm rooting for DJ Jeffries. I hope I he has too. a fantastic year at Mississippi State. You know why? Because he is a great kid. He's a great young man. Uh, dude, I agree. He, and he's had all the love for his former Memphis teammates. He's rooted them on since transferring, everything else. You mentioned probably yeah. wanting to come back here, couldn't get the waiver and everything, but yep. he's continued to cheer on his former teammates in Memphis and everything else. So I got nothing but respect for, for how he's handled himself. That said, yeah, it hadn't lived up to what we'd all hoped for him. I am hopeful that DJ's going to have a
3: revolutionary season because you got a fresh coach. I think what happened was you don't get the waiver, but the coach comes in, and coach coach is going to get a new athletic director, by the way. Who didn't hire him? Oh, right. So, like, he's gonna have to right out of the gate he really win, show and you gotta things. You got to play the guys, right? The guys. Yeah. That yeah. I mean, yeah, you so, you so. convinced him to stay, even if if it were by uh, not his own doings, but like that relationship seems to be going well. It looks like everything, Jay, you know, DJ said has, has been awesome. My thing is, I I expected it to be a little more. I know you're in the SEC, but you know, as a freshman, I remember watching him. I remember coming here and interviewing with you guys. I remember how big he was. Yeah, he can do it all at that size. He was about 11 points a game his freshman year. He played 19 games.
2: You know, the shooting percentages were higher than they are now. You know, another night, and I thought about it because he got unlocked at Middle Tennessee when when he was at the end. It was Nick King. Oh yeah so so, yeah, so, so maybe in this sense, may, maybe it can
3: something may. Ha- I mean, you get a change in scenery. Because, because it's a, it's a, it's a different it's like, coach. It's like yeah. I'm
2: running out of time. I agree with that. Yeah. So I better bring it. I better, you know. And 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 listen, I think a lot of it's that well, was man. the was where they used Nick at Middle Tennessee State. But it was it was that it was there's more there with Nick King, and it didn't fully get unlocked until that final season. And a lot of it was on Nick. Was right. on Nick about not worrying about position. Just put, just play where they put you in for Middle Tennessee. Was at the four sure. where he absolutely shined. and oh, He was great that year. Oh, oh. I think he was up for the Carl Malone he get, Award. He was, he was up for one on of the power forward too. awards. Like, he got I'm a lot. I'm pretty sure, yeah, yeah, and got some run, Yeah, uh, 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 whether it was the summer league or whatever else. Yeah. But, but back to the point of the story was that it all came together his final year when he finally said, you know what, I'm just going to play ball and not worry That's about it. my position or whatever else. That's it. Uh, and, and in that case, again, Middle Tennessee was using him right and correctly and everything else. So so hopefully that that can yeah. you know maybe be the the case here. Uh we got plenty more to talk about including the Tigers uh you know we mentioned this with Giannato it doesn't look like they're going to have Demario Franklin for their opener against Vandy. Uh, the Daily Memphian has got a story up about you know what Memphis plans to do next now that UIC has made it clear they're not signing the you know the runoff papers essentially that you know we didn't. I think it's an NPO, the non-participation, mm-hmm. uh, obviously. So we'll talk about that. We got much more coming up, including uh, old Fox 13 investigative reporter Les Smith retired down to Belize. It ain't so sunny down there right now. They've actually got. A hurricane bearing down on him. Hurricane Lisa, we're going to talk to him, make sure he's safe, number one. Uh, Then getting some NFL trade deadline stuff. Georgia, Tennessee this weekend and plenty more. Uh, Stay with us. Don't change that dial. Jason and John, 929FM ESPN.
4: 929FM 9 ESPN is Memphis's sports station on the free Odyssey app. Download it now on your phone. Smart
1: speakers say play 929 ESPN. Why? 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 If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? 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 Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster downloads? than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours. Okay. Over. Stop the wise and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.
0: Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at 250 dollars Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beauty Rest black with 60 months special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment. Down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.
4: Old man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here?
0: Your cold snap is over, old man Winter. Spring has arrived.
4: Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
2: Jennifer Carsonson has a goal. Now, she's the head of the Live Love team that we tell you about every day that we're lucky enough to tell you about, fortunate enough to tell you about every day here on 92.9. It's a Live Love Memphis group, and Jennifer Carsonson has built this from the ground up, and her number one goal is to lower rentership in Memphis and increase home ownership. And right now, with interest rates rising for the time being, uh, you might be a little bit in fear, right? It, it, can, I, can I do this? Can I, can I come out of my one-bedroom apartment that I'm paying over $1,000 for? Saw that in the news Oof. this week. One-bedroom apartment in Memphis averaged one thousand fifty-six dollars a month. That's a one-bedroom. <sighs> That's you crazy. You can do this. Yeah, you can. Make the call. You can get out of rentership. Jennifer Carsonson can show you the way. Again, a lot of these sellers, they got a bunch of equity built up, very much willing to help you on that end. The closing costs, everything else, can help you balance out. You know, those if, if say so you do get a little bit higher interest rate. The point is. Don't let fear keep you from making the call. 901-625-5200. Jennifer can get you in there. And if you'd like to sell your home as well, if you're in that boat, she's going to price it at the right point and get it for you. Not going to be a whole lot of deals where you're having to reduce the price. No, no, no. She's going to get it right the first time. That's why you call her. Again, it's so important. 901-625-5200. Or you can email them at sold at Again, that's sold at livelovememphis.com. It is the Live Love Memphis and Live Love DeSoto teams at the real estate agency. All right, very, uh, you know, the saga continues to play out. And when I say saga, that's probably a little dramatic. But Demaria Franklin is not eligible for the University of Memphis, likely won't be for their opener against Vandy. We've touched on this, but hadn't gotten into the story, uh, a, a, a detailed story that the Daily Memphian has got out today. Uh, Demaria Franklin, yes, you. hopefully you remember, 6'3", Illinois-Chicago transfer guard was very good for them last season. UIC's held up the the non-participation opportunity waiver, which is typical in these cases where guy moves on or you've decided you're going to move on. Now, in UIC's case, they continue to make it clear, Luke Yaklich is the coach's name, um, that in this case they were told, look, th- he feels like he's been deceived, and that's why he's being a little angry here. Uh, the hope was that once you apply a little bit of public pressure, right, Jason Munns writes about it for the... For the uh, commercial appeal nationally, Gary Parish picks it up. Says this is wrong. The hope was for Memphis that that pressure, public pressure, probably put quotations around that, sure. would make Luke Yaklich fold. Mm-hmm. He has not, and yeah. and. and <laughs> There's part of me that's like, I don't think he is either. Who the hell do they, yeah. you think you are?
3: No, he ain't gonna, he ain't gonna fold. No, this is his best player. Like what? They
2: always. He's bitter fold, as but, no. but that's my point. They always fold, Brad, yeah. because they, no, in the end, it's never a smart thing to do optically or whatever else. You got to go out and recruit players. Yeah.